Are you going to introduce this, or am I going to do it? You do it. Okay. What what episode is this? I don't know. 50? Okay. On this, well, I'll just record a bunch of numbers afterward and we can put them No, on. it's 50. It's a special occasion. On this episode 50... ...of the Snack Covenant... We have a very special guest with us from a podcast that's actually popular. Oh, jeez. Oh, thank you. Oh, it's Gary from Duckfeed. Oh, shucks. Gary, I really love your podcasts. I really like the part where in the beginning of a podcast, you're like, I'm Gary and I'm Cole. Hey, Gary, I'm going to put an apple on my head. Okay, Cole, I'll hit it with a Molotov cocktail. It's really cool. Yeah, William telling tales out of school is what we like to call that segment. And uh, <laughs> no. it's, 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 it's a little thing we could do. And that's why that's why uh, Cole doesn't have any of his original hair. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. I, I didn't know what to say, so I was going to say, and our show that we did was very thankful for the many guest appearances of Richard. Aww. But that would have been a little bit of a non sequitur. It's true, but also would have been a little bit more of a non sequitur. I haven't read the comments. non snackwitter. Oh. Hmm? Gary is officially mm. my favorite. Thank you. I'll take it. Yeah, and it's so nice to have, like, a real Soulsborne celebrity on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not like those other people that sometimes drop by or co-host this. Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. It is nothing. <laughs> yeah. Jeremy Greer. Jeremy <laughs> uh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Greer. Hey, y'all. It's me, Jeremy Greer. Um... <laughs> <laughs> we are going to be talking about the recent Call of Cthulhu game. Yay. Mm-hmm. Which came out on PC, Xbox, and PlayStation. Yeah. It's in the uh, Unreal Engine 4 yep. and uh, developed by Cyanide, the, uh, who, who I didn't, wasn't super familiar with. Yeah, I wasn't familiar with them either. Someone someone said to me that they, they had developed something Lovecraft-related before, but... I couldn't find anything. Mm. The, uh, well, well, Sticks Shards of Darkness sounds Lovecrafty, <laughs> but I, I, I played the, the first Sticks Master of Shadows game, and that, that's, uh, that's like just like a stealthy kind of thiefy game. Like, it's, it's not bad or anything, but. Yeah, yeah. I noticed they had made a bunch of licensed Warhammer games I hadn't played. And, and a lot of Tour de France games. Good lord. <laughs> okay, so this is, um, Call of Cthulhu because it is officially licensed based on the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. The tabletop game. Yeah, the Chaosium game. It's not called that because it's an adaptation of the story. Yeah. This is not an adaptation of anything specifically. There are elements of a couple different stories. Yeah, well, it's it's a pastiche. Yeah. And it kind of has no ambitions beyond being a pastiche, which becomes a problem later on. I would agree with that. I think, like, I like this game a lot, actually, but my two biggest, like, bugbears with it are, like, one, you know, to that point, that it doesn't... There's like one big swing in it that feels like it would have supported a short story, but maybe not, you know, a novella length thing. Right. Uh, and also, I think it's kind of just not very scary. No. Like, really? I liked it a lot, but I, yeah, I wasn't scared. I was scared the entire time I played yeah, it. Yeah, but <laughs> the entire time? <laughs> I was like so spooked. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but you're very easily startled. Yeah, this, it's this... true. <laughs> I am. 
Like you, you were, we also played Killer Seven, which terrified you as well. Oh, yeah. Hollow Knight can yeah. be pretty startling too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> okay. That's what we're working with here. <laughs> I guess I'm just easily startled and afraid of the dark. So if something mm. like comes out, or is there like if there's like a um, sudden noise, it's very scary. And if it's mm-hmm. in the dark, it's like twice as scary. Double scary. Yeah. What if there's no scent? Does that make it three times as scary? Oh yes. Well, actually, I did experience a smell when I was playing the game. Well, what what smell was that? Well, you know, in the very beginning, when you're like in the pit of like fish guts and like fish corpses, like I literally smelled it. It was horrible. So, should should we talk about kind of what uh, how familiar each of us are with Lovecraft? Yeah, because Gary would be the expert. Oh, thank you. I am someone who has read Lovecraft while commuting, but have not read all of it and sin you 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 <laughs> late last week you had the revelation that hp was his initials not his name oh <laughs> do you think he was a printer <laughs> i wasn't sure if lovecraft was his real last name because it sounded very like playboyish mm. there's never been somebody more scared of sex than him though so <laughs> It is like the least playboy that you could be. It is like there's never been a man who is more terrified of vaginas than like that dude. So, yeah, no, I've, I'm. I think I, I think I've read everything. Yeah, there's a couple like weird collaborations and stuff I've yeah. just read synopsises of and stuff he like ghost wrote for other people. Yeah, I haven't read all of those. I read most of them, um, and I read like a smattering of stuff that's in the the universe yeah. with him, but not very much. Yeah. Um. Like a, a passing familiarity with all the stuff that he's done. I've watched a bunch of adaptations yeah. of his stuff and played a bunch of adaptations yeah. of his stuff. And because this is derived from the role-playing game, this has not quite the mechanics, but it has, like, it, it kind of adapts them. So it's got the same, like, skill set as the game does. Yeah, it, it's, um, yeah, I've played a lot of the tabletop yeah. game, which, which I, which I dearly love. Yeah. Like, it's probably, you know, my favorite system. Yeah. Um, not that it doesn't mean it's the best system. It's just my, it's yeah. just my favorite, because. So it, you have a set character that you play as, but there is kind of character creation at the start where you can buff up his skills in different areas. And then throughout the game, you'll get character points that raise them. Mm-hmm. Or some of them you can only learn through the game world. Because it wouldn't be realistic for him to... <laughs> yeah, they, they make a point that you can't you can't just raise your medicine skill, you have to find books. But he just sort of absorbs the books by osmosis by touching them (laughs) and then becomes a doctor Mm -hmm. if if, if you if you live in a library you are a doctor as well yeah but at least he became a real doctor unlike richard that's true (laughs) (laughs) they gave me a commemorative mug and then i left (laughs) um, you can fill this up at water any major faucet here you go doctor and then the mug reminds you that you're not a real doctor It, it actually says that Oh, it's a cruel mug. It is. It's one of the cruelest of mugs. Um, did, 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 uh, uh, have either of you guys ever played the, um, tabletop game of this? I've read it. I haven't ever sat down and played it though, but I'm familiar with the mechanics. Sin, Sin, have you ever, have you ever played, played it before? The only tabletop I played was a couple of years ago. Uh, what was it, Rich? I told you. Munchkin. Yeah, yeah, Munchkin. Oh, okay. Yeah. Very different. There's, I mean, I'm sure there's a Munchkin Cthulhu. Like, Munchkin has branched out into everything. Oh, yeah. It's like a sentient virus. <laughs> <laughs> but it does a pretty good job of adapting those those mechanics, I think. Yeah. 
Um, other than, other than like the times when you have to shoot where they just kind of make that, uh, you know, it's like an afterthought. One of my favorite things in it, and I've never seen a game do this before and I really love it is that, um, you have like a find hidden things skill and it checks that and then determines whether the thing is in the world. Yeah. So what, what will happen is, um, when you go into certain rooms, you get a little prompt on the UI that says like, there is something hidden in the room Mm -hmm. and then that will be distinct from the other objects in the room because it will have a green outline instead of a mm. white one. But that's based on your skill. Yeah, if your hidden object skill isn't high enough, it just won't spawn at all. And that, that's very the Call of Cthulhu tabletop game. Like, you spend a lot of time trying to spot hidden in that game. Yeah, yeah I, um, because I was familiar with how that game worked, I put all my points in spot hidden at the start. Yeah, that's a, a good a good move. So the character that you play as is a private detective called Edward Pierce. He is a World War one veteran. It's, 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 you just sound like you got like shocked in the middle of that. Like whoa, whoa, one, whoa, whoa. <laughs> like, well, I was thinking like, is it World War One or do I say the Great War? Because World War Two hasn't happened yet. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, wasn't so great to me. Oh. <laughs> and uh, he has. It's not called this because it's said in 1924, but he clearly has like a post-traumatic stress disorder from being in the war. He was part of a battalion that was wiped out apart from, like, a very small number of them. And he he carries around a cigarette lighter that has, like, it's like his memory of those people. Mm-hmm. He's got, like, Lost Battalion kind of carved into it. And you use that lighter if your lantern runs out of oil. Yeah, or just in general. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. depending on what you need it for, you can just use the lighter. But I like, um, if you do it long enough and you'll burn your finger like a, uh, like a real Zippo. But the lighter, it never runs out of gas, does no. it? I don't think it no. does. Is it powered by the profane flame? It's possible. It, ooh. I assumed it was powered by the souls of his dead comrades. <laughs> and then and it was burning those for fuel. Oh my god. So someday someday it would run out, but only once he forgot their names. So. Well the thing is that like it makes such a big point about his lost comrades and the lighter and everything that I thought that was gonna be relevant at all, but it, it never really is. No, it's just a weird background thing. Yeah, because I was expecting like when his sanity started eroding. Oh, for them to show up. Yeah. Well, okay, what what happens is at the very beginning of it, he has this prophetic dream that he is like on the island with the cult and the weird leviathan in the water. Mm-hmm. And what happens is one of the first things that you see is there's just like this pile of shapes in the distance and one of them moves into the water. And it's clearly supposed to make you think it's a tentacle or something, but it's actually just like a hunk of wood. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, the game is going to start like confusing objects with living things at some point. It's like priming me for that. So there was going to be scenes where like octopuses became gas masks and like tentacles became barbed wire and stuff as he starts flashing back to World War One. Mm-hmm. That never happened. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's part of like it being a little bit um, straddling a line behi- between uh, being a video game that has a set protagonist and being based on a tabletop game where you're supposed to be able to make your own protagonist. Yeah. It feels like the, 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 the amount it has impact on the game feels to me like the amount it, it would have impact in a tabletop game. Like it's almost like choosing a background from a table. Yeah. And that's his background. So it gives him like kind of his, uh, a little bit of his like kind of personality and stuff, but doesn't actually play into the story that they wanted to tell yeah. that I, I would agree is like a little bit, you know, the main, um, <clears throat> Yeah, this is spoilers and stuff. I'm just going to say yeah. things. I don't know what you guys' policy are. You Whatever. guys can, we don't care. can bleep me out if it's bad. You can, you can spoil anything as long as Sin already knows it. <laughs> if she doesn't already know it, she will not let you forget it yeah. for, at this point, years. Okay. Well, what, well, name, name some of the things that you know and I'll make sure I don't say those. I know everything. 
everything. I finished. I finished the game. Yeah, I know all. Oh though. no, I just I just meant in general. Just in general. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just just in a couple like some. Well, so say like five or six things you do know, and then five or six things you don't, and I'll okay. make sure I don't say the things you don't know. Uh, it's fine because I finished the game, but I can't remember what HP stands for, so that might be a spoiler. Okay, we won't say huge packs. Yeah. <laughs> but the rest is fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the, the the twist, like the idea of the this village that like prayed uh, to end their their kind of hunger and ended up eating part of this god. Yeah, I think is super good. Yeah, like I, I think that that's like really a plus. And then the stuff with like kind of the the lady who plays a Pikmin kind of role in yes. this. Um, I think that's a little bit weaker. Like, I think I like her as a character and stuff, but it's just a little bit like, they don't do a whole lot with it. No, it felt like filler. Like, they just needed to pad, it out, pad out the story. Oh, filler. But, yeah, filler. Yeah, filler. Richie, filler. 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 Yeah. yeah. Filler diller. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Gary, sometimes I try to teach Richie how to speak proper English. Hmm. Yeah. I'm going to school both of you guys as a... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll step in as a well, as an American man. I'm going to go in and yeah, just uh, see the. I've got the Midwestern accent. It's the one you see on the TV. But I, I don't like. It didn't feel like filler to me as much. Like filler is slightly too strong, but like somewhere in that direction. Yeah. Like they need needed. You know, they couldn't do a whole plot about a town that did this thing because it wouldn't last the whole game. Yeah. You know, and they wanted to pastiche in some more Lovecraft stuff. Yeah. So that's also why I think we get all the stuff with the, the, the hospital. Yeah. Like the sanitarium and everybody having the dreams, which is another pastiche element from another yeah. Lovecraft story. Yeah. Um, you know, things like that. So I think that that's, it's just one of the kind of parts they wanted to bring to it. But the original one, the most compelling one is the like, what kind of effect would it have on this town if, you know, they end up partaking, like consuming the flesh of this, this creature. Yeah. Would uh would you guys have supped? Like I guess that's a, that's a good question. I was, I was thinking about asking in, in advance of this. Like let's say, you know, you guys had a a a, a big chunk of the Leviathan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What where were you guys going with that? Oh my god, I love sushi. Yes, one hundred percent. Yeah, God snack. Yeah. Like it's a God snack, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, God snack. I I no, yeah. Richie's a vegetarian, so no, probably no, 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 not. but 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 I'm a vegetarian, but the Leviathan is still alive after they cut bits of its body off, so it's not Ooh. technically dying. Okay. So I would kind of, I would, that's like a gray area. <laughs> what? <laughs> do you, do you know this or not? And this is, this is a legitimate question. Did you know this, uh, Richard, that sometimes, uh, vegetarians who have that, um, specific aversion to eating meat, they don't want anything to die, uh, for it will eat a placenta? I did not know that, but I had, like, looked up placenta stuff. There's a lot of recipes. It's, it's legit. Yeah. Like, I, I've never yeah. done it. I've never, I've never known anyone who's done it, but I, I know it's a thing people actually do, and that grosses me out pretty eat good. placenta? Yeah. yeah, people do that all the time. One of my good friends was like, when I give birth, I'll eat my placenta. It's cool. It has nutrients. Oh. Yeah. You can also use it for makeup. Huh. Yeah. Well, that I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm grossed out. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so next time, like, you know, whenever, let's say you kiss someone who's wearing makeup, you could be kissing a placenta. Hmm. Yeah. I will, uh, I will not <laughs> keep that in mind. <laughs> So something that you touched on there with the hospital and, like, dreams and stuff is that even though you're technically playing as Edward Pierce, private investigator, the whole time, you do a uh, shadow out of time style kind of astrally project into other people at some point. So you, there's 
other characters you can play as. And they all have different stats, I noticed. Yeah, they're, they're fairly different. And they also have kind of their own uh, story, even though the degree of kind of primacy or like how major they will be to the story varies. Yeah. The, um, the projection part... That was the one time that the kind of insanity stuff worked for me. Because mm. the game does, like, it has, for reference, like Call of Cthulhu, you have a sanity stat that goes down as you're playing it, as you see more things. You go, it's the opposite of Bloodborne, where in Bloodborne you have the insight stat that goes up, in Call of Cthulhu you have a sanity stat that goes down. Well, and there, there's a, a, a different, like, the one of the things about the tabletop game that's, a, like, a clever design thing is the more it goes down, the, the more likely it is go, to go yeah. down. Um, it's a literal stat that you check, and the, when you fail it, you lose points from it, and then it becomes more harder to succeed every time. So the idea is that everyone is on this kind of uh, slippery slope, like gyre towards – like you're not supposed to retire characters like in that game. Yeah. You yeah. know, it is you're, – you're on a slow road to the end kind of no matter what. Yeah, I remember um Sandy Peterson who designed it. Like there was an interview with him where he said like – that it was important to him that that it was mechanical because it wasn't enough to just say that something was happening because if it was mechanical then even mm. if the people playing it like weren't super into the story he was telling they would still be like oh well my character like doesn't go into the room or my character like covers their eyes yeah yeah well and that's that's i feel like that's a design thing that was really ahead of its time because that that's been yeah it's extremely good because yeah. like th- um right now i think in in modern tabletop games there's a lot of kind of uh proclivity for for having more story heavy and we expect people to be better kind of role players um, than they were but call of cthulhu was a contemporary like it didn't come out as soon you know when when dungeons and dragons came out but it was a contemporary yeah. dungeons and dragons yeah it was like 80s early yeah 80s. like yeah early, early 80s you know and and dungeons and dragons was very much you know uh you're going to go to a dungeon um kill the yeah. things like you got points based on gold you know, like your experience yeah. points were for gold and just for killing. And that's what you, that was the yeah. drive of the game. So to even try to yeah. mechanically enforce people to role play was really innovative and, and, uh, forward thinking. And just like in general, even though in that game, you can get like your character's stats can increase. You can like get better at things. In general, the characters like kind of degrade as the game goes on, like you were saying with sanity. Well, and, and specifically your sanity cannot be, uh, as your knowledge of the, the mythos and stuff, as your, your knowledge stats go up, your sanity goes down as well. Yeah. And the, they cannot, uh, you cannot be good at both. You cannot be sane yeah. and know how to know what you're dealing with. Like they mechanically yeah. are incompatible. So this game so. handles insanity. A lot of it is this very overt, um, way of doing it. Like the screen will start shaking and go green and it'll all be distorted. <laughs> mm-hmm. And when that happened, I was like, well, this sort of doesn't, I don't feel like I'm going insane because the game is clearly flagging to me that this isn't happening. Like it's telling me that the, you're going insane. <laughs> like he's trying to sell you a car. Yeah. When you start projecting, that worked really well for me because it just feels like normal gameplay. You're just suddenly somewhere else and it's not clear what is going mm-hmm. on or where you are or in some cases who you are. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, I also think that there are a couple of things that they do to like, um, that are sanity effects that kind of break the format that I think are kind of good. Um, one of the other major mechanics we didn't, we didn't talk about in this game is, um, the detective work, the kind of like reconstructing scenes yeah, and yeah. such. It's very adventure gamey. Like it's not particularly challenging. Um, it's just kind of like a way of conveying the story, but there's a really great moment later on where, uh, one of the recreations you found, like breaks the scene and talks to you. Yeah. Uh, and gives you a new information through that. And I think that I thought that was a really effective way of showing, um, <laughs> kind of this, uh, insane yeah. insight. Yeah. Um, I was kind of, what we're talking about here is occasion. your character is a detective. He's not a very good detective. Um, 
what happens is he he's he's an idiot. This is kind of a recurring issue with this yeah. character for me. Um you will come across like a a crime scene and then you will have weirdly it's a prompt even though you have to do it so it may as well have been automatic to go into this like mm-hmm. um it's called recreation mode where you will see like um like an example early on is there is a mirror that has been smashed and then if you go into recreation mode you you see like a silhouette in front of the mirror punching it being like oh okay the mirror smashed because this person mm-hmm. obviously punched it but that <laughs> way I've said it there sort of, I think, hints at why that mode felt weirdly <laughs> redundant to me, because I think you didn't need to kind of go into, like, CSI mode to figure out that, like, mm. there's a roughly fist-sized hole in this thing at roughly the height you would punch it, so it was probably punched. It felt... Also, that mode feels very strange to me, because this mode and also some of the sanity effects, they do it with, like, glitches. <laughs> They do it with, like, mm-hmm. static and chromatic aberration and, like, artifacting and things. This game is set in 1924. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a real similar thing with the most recent... Um, I, I didn't play this game, but in the newest Battlefield. Yeah. Uh, there's the same thing, like, where they, they have all kinds of, like, lens flare and, uh, like, cheeky cam. Yeah. And, and it's a World War One game. So that that is a, a, a mix of kind of, like, anachronistic aesthetics. It, it hit a point for me where, where, like, we were saying that this game has absolutely, like, no ambitions beyond being a Lovecraft pastiche. And I seriously started considering at one point, is it going to be that we're in a simulation? Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, that would be, that would have been, a, that would have been a big swing. Uh. <laughs> it doesn't do anything new with the exception of, like, there's women play a much more prominent role. But with the exception mm. of that, like, everything is just lifted from Lovecraft to the point where I was thinking, like, Throughout the whole game up until the end, like, are they actually just doing this straight? Or is there going to be some kind of, like, subversion or twist later on? There really isn't. The one, the one thing I would say, uh, about, not necessarily about the pastichness, but about the, uh, kind of, um, railsness of when you're doing those reconstructions, though, is that, um, that to me feels like it is a part of the the genre. Like this is yeah. kind of dressed up as and uses some of the iconography and mechanics of a role playing game, but it's not a role playing yeah. game. Like it's an adventure yeah. game, very much so. You know, so they they need to convey the information. It's like in terms of like the rhythm, what you actually do in it, it is closer to like a telltale game or something like yeah. that. Like you know, you you move through those those things, but it has the um, rhythm. Uh, and feel, um, in terms of like downtime and uptime and, uh, what the activities you're doing, uh, actual like activities, uh, in the fiction, not the activities that the player are doing that match the tabletop game really well. Yeah. Like, I think, I think that is, I mean, that's not really an argument against it being a pastiche, but it is an argument against it drawing in more than just like, let's mash up a bunch of Lovecraft stories and tell them. It's also, yeah. let's mash up some methods of telling those stories. Yeah. And, and, and put them together. Like, I think that, I mean, it, you know, mileage varies. Like, this is a, this is a, a really contentious game critically and stuff. But for me, like, it was very easy for me to extend it a lot of benefit of the doubt because, you know, I'm like, one, I'm like just right in the pocket for that. Yeah. Like, you know, like, I, I'm, I'm a big Lovecraft fan, but I'm also, I've never really seen something do those rhythms of like what a Call of Cthulhu tabletop yeah. game feels like, where like early on it was like, oh, you have to get into the warehouse. Like, oh, like, how do you sneak into this building? Yeah. You know, how do you, you know, get, bypass the security? Like, you can't just like sock them in the face. Oh, yeah. Um, that felt very true to that aspect of the source material to me. Yeah. 
in terms of like method of storytelling, not necessarily the story that was being told. And later on, there's a there's a hospital escape sequence where like mm-hmm. at that point, I was thinking was it up to there. I'm thinking, why is this like it's a first person game? It reminded me a bit of Gone Home kind of. Um, and mm-hmm. up to that point, I'm like, is there really any reason for this to be in first person? Because it just, this could have just been like a point and click adventure game, but the hospital escape sequence, like I know a lot of people absolutely hate that scene, but it does at least justify the fact it is a first person real time game because you do have to sneak around and like pay attention to where people are. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a lot of different ways out of it. There's like, um, you know, a, a, you have a lot of options. Yeah. yeah, like there's just different, like, and there's a couple situations like that in the game where there are multiple methods of kind of moving forward. Again, nothing grandly ambitious. Like there would have been, I think that there is an element to this game that is like a, a missed potential thing. So yeah. like to your point earlier, when you're talking about reconstructing the scenes and just knowing like, okay, here's a fist sized hole in the, uh, the mirror, you know, um, you could just, the player can figure that out without it being a button prompt and being told that. Like that's a cool game. Like that would have been a neat game, but it would have been different than yeah. what they wanted. Yeah. You know, it'd be like a different genre yeah. almost entirely. Well, and I think that, um, yeah, there's some, some expectation, uh, setting that is, uh, could, could work against, you know, any, anyone's particular enjoyment. Yeah. Well, w- one thing that worked for me that I think kind of cemented to me that I didn't really like the reconstruction stuff is later on you go to the, the house of this, um, this like Pikmin kind of character who painted. Sarah? Yeah, Sarah. She painted mm. this, the, the MacGuffin of the plot basically is that she has painted this, this picture of it's insane. <laughs> the problem is it looks a lot like, it looks like a thumbnail from like a creepypasta video. <laughs> or it looks like concept art from a video game. It doesn't really look like much of a painting. Mm. Anyway, you go to her house and you can, you have to reconstruct um, this family dinner that, like, went wrong and, like, someone smashed a plate and, like, this chair's tipped over. And you investigate everything, but then right in the middle of the table is what we were talking about before. There is just this hunk of, like, eldritch monstrosity that they were eating. Yeah. And mm. you cannot examine that, and you can't recreate anything about it. It's just there. And the fact that it was just there seemed weirder to me than, like, if I had actually been able to examine it. Well, it's not, it's not like it has a face or anything. It, like, it could be a seafood. Well, no, it has, it has eyes. I'm trying to remember it. Like, it, 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 well, okay. It looks like the head of a mind flayer. <laughs> it's just, like, on the middle of the table. I'm like, what the fuck is that? I have to, I have to, I would have to look at it yeah. again. Uh, like, I, I can't remember. But I remember just thinking, like, that didn't bug me. Like, a, a buy-in of, like, this being a weird, I mean, see, guys, seafood's well. pretty fucked up. <laughs> Well, you know the whole mechanic, the investigation thing? <laughs> I thought it was a little bit use- useless because it's like, you know how when you walk into Sarah's room and there's like a giant like circle of Satan on the floor? Yeah, and then you can click it and you think, oh, he's going to tell me something useful, right? So you click this giant green circle that's clearly related to the occult. And then the detective goes, hmm, I wonder if she was interested in the occult. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's he's not good. This story would almost have, like, plot-wise, they would have had to come up with another, like, reason for him to go to the island. But it would kind of almost have worked better if he wasn't a detective, if he was just some rando, because he's not yeah. very good at being a detective. <laughs> yeah. Even even though, like, to be fair, that is the story. Like, he's about to get kicked off of being yeah, a detective. Yeah. Like, the, there's I a phone call why. where he gets fired. Yeah. You know, or like it. Um, but did, did either of you guys ever play um, Dark Corners of the Earth? Uh, no, no. no. Um, that That is also a uh, Call of Cthulhu 
uh, video yeah. game um, that I, I like a, little, a tad bit better than this one. Its problem is more that the it is a really good adventure game for a while and then turns into more of a shooter and the shooting is not good. But um, you play a detective in that one and I think you might get a kick out of it because the he's not he doesn't say as dumb a thing, but no matter what it is, he says it in a hard boiled detective voice like he's never scared. <laughs> so <laughs> you, you'll like see in that you'll you'll see you know you'll you'll walk by something and you'll see uh you know an Innsmouth like a level ten Innsmouth shut in like walk past a window and he'll be like what was that <laughs> like like, <laughs> like he's picking up a girl or something or like um you know or or, or so you know he like he uh, uh was at a pet store and he saw like a you know a cool cat he liked or something like that just like ring-a-ding-ding you know he's just he's extremely calm and he like he's constantly breaking his legs in that game like you you uh you 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 break your limbs in it and you break it from fall damage in a way that i think is is realistic but in video games we're so we can't yeah. handle realistic yeah. fall damage so you'll like fall from a distance and just both your legs crack and you'll go like ah and then like, you live and you pull up a little like like paper doll version of your character and both your legs are like broken and then you have to like splint them and then limp off for like a long time and it just happens like in the course of a game uh you probably break both of your legs at least 10 times like it's amazing like, it is a, it's a dangerous work being a shitty detective but i bring that up because he's also he's like not quite as bad a yeah. detective but he's also dead inside in a way that is very uh very weird it reminded me kind of of the scanning in Metroid Prime, mm. where they make a big deal out of scanning, but then, like, you would find a space pirate that was torn in half in a pool of blood and scan it, <laughs> and it would just say, this organism is deceased. Yeah, yeah. But less, like, less terrible Metroid Prime lore. Like, no, no, uh, no things about, like, how noble and, and proud the bird people were, and how they, oh, I hate the Chozo so yeah. much. Like, there, there's nothing, there's nothing worse, like, I can't think of anything that sounds closer to Chorizo that's that bad. You know, <laughs> I want to make Cho's Reaser out. I want to kill myself when I read about Metroid lore. Like, I just, just hate it so much. I hate it so much. What, what, what else is, yeah, what else is in the, the Call of Cthulhu game to talk about? Rough recap of what's actually happened in the game. So you are this detective, this artist has alleged to have died. Her house burned down. Her husband and her child are also said to have died in the fire. She was known for painting these weird deviant art, Lovecraft fan art things. You go to a mysterious island off the coast of New England again and try to figure out where she is, um, what happened at the house. You find one of her paintings in a warehouse you have to sneak into. That is then the tip off that, okay, someone went to the house and looted it. You then go to the house with the police and then can we can we can I, can I put a, an asterisk can i put a pause there yeah sure can we talk about how bad and and fucked up that police officer's face is it's amazing i i kept thinking like just, how are people being in the same room as him like how, <laughs> how are just like no it just feels like he would be he's like the most lovecraftian thing in the yeah, game the, the, the character <laughs> models in it are like they're in this weird it's not quite the uncanny valley it's not the uncanny valley between human and, mach- and and robot it's like the uncanny valley between a realistic human model and like a cartoonish one from a telltale game it's 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 like what if characters had a fidelity between dishonored and fallout one clay puppets it's funny you mention it because uh both uh, both Cal Santiago and I when we first saw a uh, cat we were mm-hmm. like this looks like um Worst version of uh, Emily from Dishonored. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, yeah. you know, when he goes into, like, the, the 
I guess, parallel world or whatever, where we're like, this looks like a worst version of The Void. It definitely, like, this This is, like, the the studio not having the the chops necessarily to be, like, this is not, like, a good-looking game. It's it's got very good, um... Well, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Guys, I have to disagree with you there. I have to disagree with you there. I think it's a pretty good game that was delivered for PS3 about 10 years ago. Uh, meow. <laughs> meow. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> the, um, it, I think it has some good vistas in it. Yeah, the, the people, the people are the worst part of it. I think it has some like excellent, like super good vistas in it. Yeah. And like, you know, an, a, a bookshelf looks fine. And it, yeah, they got, they got the bookshelves, but the people, <laughs> they just need to work on the people more because it, what it actually reminds me of is, um, like Bioshock or something where like those games go to great lengths to make you not see, like not be close to people. Yeah. Because the, the engine's not necessarily ready for it. Like in Bioshock one, like that's a beautiful game, but you yeah. never get close to anybody. Yeah. You know, like uh, only the little sisters were all mutated. Like they stylize them in an extreme way here. It's supposed to be like regular people, but you get, you can just get really up in there. Yeah, <laughs> and it, and it's uh, it's weird looking. Let me ask you if this is a tabletop thing. So you know, in the beginning, when uh, Sarah Hawking's father comes to the detective to investigate her death or disappearance, mm-hmm. uh, the father's like, "Go to Darkwater, find Warehouse Thirty Six. Darkwater holds the secret. Find Warehouse Thirty Six. And then the detective's like, "I think I understand. I should go to Warehouse Thirty Six. <laughs> and the father's like, "Find Warehouse Thirty Six. And then the game takes you to Darkwater. In like a cutscene and basically drops you off at Warehouse 36. Mm-hmm. That's pretty tabletop. Yeah. But then on the other hand, when you have to do a friggin' puzzle that involves like running away from a monster in a bunch of hallways, it tells you absolutely nothing. That does sound very tabletop to me. Like this is where the father needs to give me instructions. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> that sounds like, cause the, 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 I'm, I'm answering your joke question seriously, and I'm sorry for that. That's a bad habit I have in general, and I've done it my entire <laughs> life, and it, it, does, no, it doesn't make anybody like me. But the, um, it's, it's like a tabletop thing would start you off at like the, the initial place. Like it would be like, here's okay. your hook. Like you need to go, you know, here's your first location. And then the, the adventure part, like the tabletop adventure part would be following the warehouse to the house, which you then follow to the sanitarium, yeah. which you, you know, following that trail of breadcrumbs would be the, the part the player is, is, uh, players would figure out. Right. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, but it, it is, it is true that like some of the, the chasing thing, even though I do like, like, I think that this game in general holds your hand too much. And most of the times when it stopped, I was into it. Like, yeah. um, I like the boss fight in it. I like the, the fight with the dimensional shambler actually. Um, like I had a good idea what to do in it, but I thought that, that was the only part of the game that felt scary to me. Um, and then the, the hospital chase part when you're kind of switching between worlds and it's like extremely surreal, that worked for me as well because it was that I found tension in that, like that torch running out feeling, um, you know, from, from Shadowgate days. It reminded me of like, um, like a game that would have come out after Slender was big. Just like Mm. this high concept game where you had to like, you have two different torches that open different doors. And you have to keep mm-hmm. going back and forth across this hospital. Um, that part, like, that really got to me. It, that, that to me felt absolutely like filler, like extremely, because what happens is you are on your way to rescue this doctor lady and she's behind a door. And then as you are about to touch the door, you just go into like a parallel universe that's purple and green and you have mm-hmm. to run around a bunch of corridors and you have a green lantern and a purple lantern, but you can only carry one at once. And they will open, when you shine them, they will open doors or make little glyphs appear. 
Can I blow your mind real quick? I didn't know those lanterns were different colors because I can't see that difference. Oh in color. god, that's right. Yes. Oh so I just, yeah, I just kind of had to figure it out. Like I can usually tell green and purple, but it just the the quality of the light or something. So that that's the first I've yeah. heard that. I, oh god, yeah. To, like I would agree, it went on too far for me, but I think maybe it worked better for me because it didn't just feel like yeah. take the square square peg and put it in the square hole. Yeah, like it, it felt it, more surreal. Oh no, to me it uh, absolutely me, was. It felt like a Zelda puzzle. Like you've got two magic mm. lanterns. And like that goes on for it took me about twenty minutes to do. And it's then pretty long. It ends and then he just says, Well, things are back to normal now. <laughs> and it's like fuck you, like that was just wasting time. <laughs> like my notes for that section are just you know what you did and you know it wasn't okay. <laughs> it's it's a weirdly long game. You yeah. know, like it's not it's not yeah. a short game. Like it, it's it's it's, it's like I mean, five just, hours long though. It was like eight for me. Oh, that's a yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's like seventy dollars. For seventy dollars, I, I expect at least seventeen hours. Gamers rise up. Gamers rise up. My my play clock is twelve hours, and I was very thorough in it. Not not to get all gamers rise up, but like it is, they are asking like quite a lot of money for something you will probably only play once, and is about like eight to ten hours long. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It it should it would have been and also I mean just to, to piggyback on that I think the game would have been better served to scale back some stuff too. Like we um we did a playthrough of Deracine recently the from VR game. And that mm-hmm. like Deracine is like miles better than this in in every way to me. Yeah. But I also mm-hmm. feel like Deracine is padded out cuz they sort of it it naturally feels like it should end after about like 4 hours but they make it 6. And it feels yeah. like they are kind of saying, okay, it's a video game, so it has to be, like, it's a triple-A title, so it has to be at least this long. Whereas you feel like if, if this had been an indie game, it could have ended where the story actually naturally ended. That, that's what I, I feel about most video games, yeah, actually. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I, don't, I don't know any games that I think aren't too long. Yeah. Like, it's very rare um, that I think a game is, and including even some of my favorite games, like, yeah. there's stuff I would cut. Yeah, you're covering Baldur's Gate 2 now, which is like a behemoth like i love that game yeah. and it, but it's hugely long like it is yeah. uh there's you know there's still stuff it could have just you know i wouldn't want it gone gone but like shunted to a deal to the dlc would have been fine you know what but, game i wish was longer what is that bloodborne i i, I can't wish that bloodborne is longer it takes literally five minutes to finish it the second time we play it well i've i've gotten about i think 2,000 hours out of it. Yeah, but you did, like, 2,000 walkthroughs, Richie. I've been playing through on the unpatched version and writing down every difference. Well, that, I, I, <laughs> see, then it's, you get plenty of value for it. Anyone can do that. <laughs> I, I think those, I think Souls games should be shorter because they're fun to play through multiple times. Yeah. Well, I guess, like, on, on the subject of multiple playthroughs, this game, like, tech, it technically has four endings. Yeah, you're never gonna do that. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, really, the four endings, it's not like there's four pathways. There's just four endings. Well, it's it, not, it's not really just that, that's not quite true. Like, there's, yeah. um, at the end, you do get a choice between ones, but the way that you play through will influence what you have. I, yeah. I don't think it's meant to be like saves come through, and I also don't think it's meant to be replayed. Yeah. I think you're just supposed to play through it. And then again, that like lends it to an indie kind of sensibility, but yeah. you're just kind of supposed to play through it and get the ending you get, yeah. I think. Well, what I mean is like we were talking before about the sanitarium escape sequence, and there's mm-hmm. at least I found there's three, at least three ways out of the sanitarium, but mm-hmm. they're just three ways 
out of the sanitarium. It's not like that sets you off in three different directions. No, no, it's not a branching path. It's a it's a puzzle that has multiple solutions. Yeah, it's it's a like you go through the same events every time, but there's multiple solutions to it, every. It's Deus Ex. Yeah, there's multiple like, solutions to the same problems every time. Yeah, yeah, which I don't think is meant to be necessarily. They're like, I mean, sometimes. I don't know what the intention was, but I don't think of that in in terms of like replayability. I just think of that in terms of like player expression. Yeah. Like um, you know, what which one of these do I want to do? Yeah. You know. So, yeah, it doesn't it has no replay value like whatsoever. Like yeah. at some point we'll cover it for watch out for fireballs and like that's going to be a little ways down the road because I'll have to be ready to replay it because it's not like the kind of game where I just want to start over right from the right after I finished yeah. it. Um, what do, what should we, uh, like, what, what else is there to, to talk about in this game? I'm just kind of going over my, my notes I made. I have a note here too, Richie. Yep. Thank you. Okay. So one thing I found really sort of weird in the game is the strange shift in tone when people were talking to you. Um, so like, for example, in the beginning, when Sarah's father comes to you to ask you to investigate her death. Uh, he tells you, like, I'm willing to do anything for my daughter to recover her honor, to which the detective replies, quiet down, I'm on your side. Shove it. He's a hard-boiled detective. Yeah. I, I wish that there had been a deleted scene where his boss who calls him uh, just was reading comment cards from, like, right outside <laughs> his office. Like, he had, like, one of those little suggestion boxes, like a library. <laughs> and they were just like, yeah, like, he, first of all, he won't stop shutting up about all his dead comrades. Second of all, he keeps telling, he keeps telling me to be quiet when I'm trying to tell him what's going on. It's an extremely rude thing to tell somebody to be quiet, you know? Yeah. It's tough stuff. Oh, another thing that I found very peculiar, and Gary, since you're an expert in the mm -hmm. whole Lovecraft thing, maybe you can tell me. Mm -hmm. So when the detective arrives on an island, he goes into a bar. Mm -hmm. And then he, like, trips a guy's chair for some reason no the guy trips him no he like, doesn't well the, the guy yeah the guy uh or no he spits he spits on his shoe so you have an option of like letting it go or toughing him out but the guy really? the barfly spits on your shoe i feel like it just my my thing i feel like automatically tripped the guy you have it like no I you have not a get a choice yeah, you get it. You get a, a thing there where you can you go up to it. Well, you oh. trip them, but then you can you can fuck with them more. You get an option where you're like, um, like you know, I can't remember the exact words, but it's like say you're sorry or like how about I buy you a round or something. You do you yeah. do trip them. Yeah, but him. that's after you trip him. Like you but trip him automatically. Yeah, yeah, he spits on your shoe. Yeah, but like. You should control yourself. You're a detective. That's why you shouldn't control yourself. <laughs> that's exactly, it's the opposite of what detectives do. The, uh, the, like, old, old drunk 20s detectives are not good people. Not good fathers, not good lovers. Like, they're, 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 just, they're just, they're just not good, you know? He's, uh, he's a drunk piece of shit. Yeah, he, 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 he is. He's, 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 he's not good. No, no, he, okay, I'm looking at the scene right now. He's okay. not. He does not spit on your shoe. He spits on the floor. Okay. <laughs> he he does Near something. You. Okay. No no no. He spits. So he spits on the floor. He gives you a look. Okay. <laughs> let's see. I'm looking live. He. You walk toward him. You walk, and then you trip the poor guy, and he hits his head on the on the bar. He was he was disrespecting him. <laughs> That's detective talk. If you if you go into uh, listen, let me tell you a thing or two about how detectives talk to each other. If one detective goes up to another detective and spits on the ground, that's the equivalent of being like, hey, buddy, 
Let's dance. Oh my god, but Gary, you're pulling a Richard right now because you're not listening to me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you, the game does not give you a choice. The cutscene continues and you trip him automatically. No, no, I, not the cutscene. I believe you in that. I'm not, I am listening to you. I, I believe in that. I was misremembering. I wasn't. So why are you justifying this person's behavior? <laughs> Because he was, because he's a big tough guy who comes into a thing. Like he's an he's old. He's not vet. very big. Well, he's like a, he's like a tough guy. He's like a hard boiled detective. You know. Well, I don't it's, know. He freaks out pretty easily when he hides in like a closet or something. His old cluster. Oh yeah, that part where it, you can hide in closets like uh, Metal Gear Solid. There's so many of them in the sanitarium. <laughs> but it's a but it's a very bad idea. Even if nothing is happening, he still goes insane in the closet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he doesn't like it. <laughs> and there's so many of them, like the number of electrical closets in that sanitarium yeah. thing are are ridiculous. Like there's like two in every room. Uh, he was freaking me out at this point. I'm like, calm down, sir. <laughs> Nothing's happening. There's a ton of closets like all through that sanitarium, including rooms you never have to hide in, which makes me wonder if like <laughs> No, but it makes me wonder if like well was there mm-hmm. was there a plan for like more shit to go on in here? Because mm. one thing like the we're talking about stats. One of the stats you get is strength. Mm-hmm. There is really no reason to ever level up strength. Like, it's it's functionally a completely useless stat. But then, like, because you project into different people, at one point you project into a doctor who I think, like, her strength is significantly lower because she can't she can't turn valves properly. It's the strength has, uh, doesn't do, uh, physical things. Right. Strength and, and it is threatening. It's, uh, it's like, um, intimidation. Oh, okay. That's the, it's, yeah, that's, that's the, there's no, um, there's no physical prowess. Yeah, cause I noticed that, like, the, like, cat, the character from Dishonored, who somehow ended up in this game, is yeah. like, mm-hmm. she has a strength. Well, okay, th- this, um, ties into, like, we were talking about weird shifts in tone. But, like, mm-hmm. yeah. to me, the, the game had, like, three weird tones going on at once that it never reconciled. Because on the one hand, like, it is just a straightforward pastiche of, like, Lovecraft. It is, like, New England in the 20s, mysterious cult of fishermen. Then you've mm-hmm. got, like, that character cat. And, like, if this were in Dishonored, okay, that we can buy that because that's a fictional world. But they make a huge point about, like, this place is insular and backward and superstitious. But it's not remarked on at all or seen as odd that there is this like she seems like a video game character from 2010 mm. she doesn't seem like a character from 1920 whereas the other characters mm-hmm. do and it's very odd and then also he will have this running commentary where he kind of says things like it's like i'm in a bad pulp novel mm. <laughs> and then i started thinking you kind of are in a lot of ways can we talk about the um the the mad doctor yeah mm. Because, like, I know, like, you're the Lovecraft expert here. Is there anything, like, remotely approaching this guy in anything outside of, like, Herbert West Reanimator, which is kind of a comedy? Um, no, I think, I think it was probably a little bit of a Herbert West. Yeah, he absolutely feels like, like a pulp novel character. Like, the kind of thing that, like, Lovecraft is, um, viewed as, like, this guy was his important literary figure because he he kind of went in a different direction to that he's not just doing straight pulp horror even though he's in that genre but then in it in this game you have this guy who like has this mild german accent and is like the villain from a bond movie or something <laughs> he's going like i oh, yes i'm inflicting pain this is merely information for my research <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm one point he actually mm. says i was expecting you <laughs> well he, he was expecting you 
Twitter. That what else are you supposed to say when you when you when Vas expects something? I've been writing down his dialogue, and at one point he's like, "I will have some power to create life." <laughs> that is, and that is like like a like a parody character from like Wolfenstein or something, but showing up during the like end of the world summon Cthulhu ritual. And it's like, which, which, of, which of these tones are you going for? I can't answer yeah. that for you, buddy. I, <laughs> I can't answer that for you, buddy. You're the expert, Gary. That's why you're here. Uh, the, uh, well, I didn't. I'm not the expert on uh, cyanide software. That's why we need uh, the, 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 we, we, like there's a there's a different expert for that. And like this, the central plot where like you have been um, hmm. It turns out basically that the whole thing with the painting is a setup, and you've been summoned to the island deliberately. Yeah, sacrifice. that also shows he's not a very good detective. Because I figured it out the second I saw myself in one of those creepy paintings. Yeah, yeah. I was like, buddy, it's time to leave the island. Let's go. But he didn't listen. Yeah, it, it plays oh. its hand extremely early on because, like, literally the first thing that happens is this dream about a cult sacrifice, and then, yeah, like as soon as you get to the island, there's like eldritch runes written on a statue and. <laughs> Like it, it really. There's not. There's a sense of just like the the Cthulhu shit is just happening immediately. Well, like the 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 dream stuff that's that's happening to him is intentional. Like that is him being yeah. like the the prophesized or whatever, being contacted by, you know, by the the great old one. Yeah. With that, so it's not supposed to be a surprise to the player. It's yeah. supposed to be a surprise to the character. You know, it's a little bit of like that you are doing a story, you're watching and playing a story about a guy. Yeah. Who goes throughout, which is very like true to the source material yeah. as well. Like the, the get out of there thing because things are bad. That applies to literally everything in the horror genre. Yeah. You know, like, oh, like get out of there. It's scary. Like, you know, like, there's an, <laughs> an element, an element of buy-in to all that stuff where otherwise every single horror video game or tabletop game would just be let's quit this and go be accountants like let's go live with yeah. our parents you know call of cthulhu colon let's go live with our parents that sounds scarier <laughs> than actual call of cthulhu i'll be honest that would actually be pretty scary <laughs> the uh lovecraftian horrors lurk in uh you know the uh like sharing a shower with my mom or like your dad walking around with just a robe i think richie took us off topic again it is all my fault, yes. Richard. As per usual. What I, so we, I feel a little bit disappointed how much, how little snacking we've talked about for it being right in the name of the covenant. Well, it was a game about, about snacking in many ways. Yeah, snacking yeah. happens in it, like the ultimate, the, the forbidden snack. Okay, let's talk about this. So what, what <laughs> happens with, with the snack? In the game? Or yeah. in snacks in real life? Oh, the, um, the, the game, they, the, the village snacked on. There's something called the, the fantastic catch. Yeah, they they, uh, they caught like a portion of or caught a, a portion of this great old one and ate it. And all the people who did uh, kind of went crazy and, and joined this cult. Yeah. And stuff. And there's a there's a part later where you are forced to partake. So it's, it's like, you know, what again, what happens if, if you eat a god? If I think if you go to heaven, I think you get one wish. And I think that uh, my wish might be to see what happens if like I eat part of God. You know, so maybe because it has to be good, right? Like ambrosia, like a yeah. food of the gods. Yeah. Like, it had to be good, right? Yeah. I know what happens. What what happens? If you eat enough of it, the moon presence comes down and you have to fight it. Oh. That's exactly it. That's and right. I'll win because I'll have the strength of God with me. Oh, my God. Oh, no, Gary, you have to go in 10 minutes, right? Uh, like I probably about 10 minutes or so. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the ending then? Okay, let's talk about the ending. As mm -hmm. I was playing through it, I was talking to someone who had 
played through it, like, on Discord. Mm-hmm. I was saying, like, hey, this is really, like, straightforward. Um, it, Does anything, like, really off-the-wall happen to this? And she said, not really, but the ending is really cool. And I was thinking, oh, okay, the ending, because it's Call of Cthulhu, the ending is going to be that we go to Rillier. And it becomes, like, um, mm-hmm. like Portal or something like that. Because the idea with Rillier is, like, the architecture is, like... Mm-hmm incomprehensible to humans so it's like twisting and you can like fall through the floor and stuff yeah not euclidean geometry yeah and i'm thinking okay that's that's a good fit for like this is a first person like basically a walking sim so perfect Mm -hmm. to explore that kind of environment and i'm like hyped up for it and then it doesn't happen there is there are a couple of parts where they almost they do something similar to that where pierce is kind of going insane and you're in a, um, it does weird things with the draw distance, like, intentionally. Mm-hmm. So you will see, like, a path in front of you, and then as you approach it, a whole lot of other paths will branch off. And you have to remember which one was the path you could see from a distance. Mm-hmm. Or, like, you will see, there's one point where you, there's a valve you have to turn, and then as you approach it, suddenly there's five other valves around it. Mm-hmm. And you can't make a beeline for it, you have to walk around something, so you have to, like, orient yourself around the valve you know was there, and if you pick the wrong one, you've got to do the section over. And that was, like, interesting, and I thought they were they were setting up Rillier by doing that, but it is just that section. They never do it again. Yeah, yeah that's all I'm yeah, afraid. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I think that you are, you are meant to be Rillier or Rillier adjacent during the yeah, actual climax definitely. sequence, but you don't yeah, spend very you... much time there. Like the, you know, and I think, I think that is a great vista. Like, I like the skybox of that yeah. a lot, and I like the um, yeah. portions of the stairs constructed of books. Yes. Uh, that you have to, like, walk up. I think that looks as a really striking image. Yeah, the whole game is, like, this would have worked, like, I think, I know they wouldn't have done this, but if they'd gone, like, really high concept and just done it as a walking set. Because, right? mm-hmm. like, the the vistas yeah. do a much better job of telling the story than the actual characters do. Yeah, or, or the text. Yeah. I would agree. Like, I think I think that there's definitely an element of this game that is, like, a servant of multiple masters. You know, it, it's trying to do a bunch of different stuff. I would have loved this if there had, like, it was just the aftermath. If it was, like, the Souls thing where you arrive after the disaster. Yeah. And then you just piece it together. But the thing is, you're also part of the mm-hmm. events, so. In, in a plot seemingly taken from the Wicker Man... <laughs> I don't. Oh, I don't know the Wicker Man. The Wicker Man is the same deal. Where like you, both versions, the the good one and the Nicholas. No, Cage. Mm. the Nicholas Cage one was the good one. No, the good one and the perfect one. Oh, okay. the per- yeah, there we go. Because <laughs> yeah. the, the whole deal behind the Wicker Man is that like it's it's literally the same setup where he's a detective who is told to go to this mysterious island to find someone who has supposedly died, and then it turns out that that was all part of a plan. And he's a sacrifice and a ritual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I only know the gif. Not the bees, not the bees. <laughs> and I know that, like, I know what wicker is, and I know what man is. So I can kind of put a little bit yeah. together just based on on that knowledge. Yeah, like burning, like Burning Man, uh, as you know, uh, uh, shitty conservatives think it happened. You know, think it is already <laughs> like to scare your children and to scare your kids. Like, oh my, my daughter's gonna go to Burning Man. Yeah. Like Burning Man from a Jack Chick tract comic. I just had a thought, I'm imagining, like, if Call of Cthulhu, like, if this were happening, would there be chick tracks against Cthulhu? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that is, that is a whole area I have not seen explored. So really, like, it's a whole setting, too. Like, the whole, uh, the prime of uh, Jack Tr- Chick stuff. Because there's, like, stuff in the tabletop game for doing, like, 1890 and 1920 and 1990s and modern and stuff. But there's not, like, a Stranger Things era 70s, 80s. Yo, that was when the game came out. So, like... 
the with the, the era the weirdly the era the game came out is now a historical era. It's a cool idea, you know. And then like the guy who's doing the the the, the Jack Chick comics like actually knows like all the stuff in the comics are actually correct. And if some like really good GM wanted to do that game, they'd make the comics and like have them at the table to like give out, and that'd be real badass. So you heard it here first, people listening. There's a, a cool, a cool hook for a, uh, for, for, for a Call of Cthulhu game if you want to try to make it. Or if Sandy Peterson's listening, he can make it, make tons yeah. of money. Put down your Doom levels, Sandy Peterson. <laughs> Do you know that guy made Doom levels? Yeah. They're, they're not the best ones. They're kind of bad ones. <laughs> they're, they're, they're weirdly, um, kind of high concept Doom levels and the concept doesn't always yeah. work. They're, they're probably my least yeah. favorite Doom levels. Well, I, I have a weird relationship with Doom because my first Doom game was Doom 2. Mm. Because that was like a big box retail release. Mm-hmm. Whereas the original Doom you had to send away for, which my parents were like, I don't know, this sounds shifty. Um, but the idea that, okay, Doom 2, you can just pick it up in a store. So my first experience with Doom was Doom 2, mm-hmm. which has extremely weird abstract level design that is mostly Sandy Peterson. Yeah, he, he's the one who did most of those, for sure. Like, there's other, you know, yeah. Doom 1 is more streamlined. And like in 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 Doom, like the there's like the the early stuff that's like trying to be a functional mm-hmm. environment, and then Sandy Peterson takes over toward the end when it's mm-hmm. just in hell. So you can, you can just make like a level in the. Shape we did of that. We also hand. did the ones that are supposed to be like outside, like the city level that has all the buildings and stuff. That's that's Sandy Peterson. That's like a pretty classic Sandy Peterson level. And he also did like the ones that were jokes. I think I did. I think he's like the barrels of fun guy. Yeah, and, and the one that's just, it's just like a, like, um, a hallway, and then as you run down, yeah. the monsters shoot at you. And if you manage to, if you manage to go fast enough, they hit each other and start fighting. And yeah. That's like, yeah. That's Some of them are way. very good. Some of them are not good. It's, it's, yeah, it's like, it's like weird high concept ideas for levels, and then like almost no actual detail put into yeah. them. So it's just like a bunch of boxes. Yeah. 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 Doom. Yeah. yeah. Still good. Love, love me some Doom. I'll, I'll play Very some, good. I'll play yeah. some Sandy Peterson levels. I, I'm sorry I said anything to yeah. Sandy Peterson. If you are listening, Sandy Peterson, I apologize. <laughs> so. well, obviously he'll be listening to this. Does he listen? You guys, do you, have you gotten to, to Peterson levels? Nobody listens to this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for, for coming on. Gary, you rascally hell governed. Mushroom. Oh, <laughs> thank you. I, I'll take it. I am rascally. Um, <laughs> I, I want to ask you. You know, because we ask all our guests, like, oh, is there is there social media people can find you on? But it almost oh. feels insulting. Oh, yeah. I, I'm glad you didn't. I'm glad you prefaced that because I was going to flip a fucking table if you asked me that. It was going to be. <laughs> like, yeah. No. No. There's literally no way. No people, uh, no people. People, you can Google me if you want to follow me, and, and I'm sure there are people who listen to this who don't who don't listen to me, and that would be fine. Uh, that's if, if you guys want to check me out, it's good. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Gary's on like this awesome podcast, this awesome whole like network of podcasts called like Duck Feed, and like it's it's really awesome. Yeah. So we're doing a, um, a live stream, a 48 hour live stream for the Transactive Gender Center uh, mm-hmm. in Portland, Oregon, starting uh, December 14th uh, and through the 15th and 16th. Um, and, uh, if, if our stuff, if our site is still up, um, you'll be able to go to duckfeed.tv forward slash duckstream, um, and be able to donate there. And if our site is not up, you can just go to the Transactive Gender Center website and just throw them a little, uh, throw them some money. Awesome. Okay. Well, thanks Bye. so much. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>